And speaking of jobs, <laughs> we're going to be talking about an anime that I, I guess um, I blew this segue straight to hell. Food Wars. Yum yum. Uh, chefs. Yeah. Chefs and Food Wars. That's how this thing was supposed to go. as much as you guys. For you, it's only been a week, but for me, well, God, I'll probably write a book about all that went on between episodes three and four of this show. But whatever. The upside is, is uh, by the time of this recording, the website's up. HeyListenRadio.com. Well, I'm sure you already know that if you're listening to this. Anyway enough uh, screwing with the time stream. Let me just enjoy this music for a little bit, because it's been God knows how long since I got to listen to it. <laughs> ah, yes. Symphonic Highway. Alright, it's uh, been a little while. Just, just, just bear with me. Let me get a taste. Just let me get a little taste. This is my fancy promo song for the end of the episode. Next time on Dragon Ball Z. Uh, Anime Raku. I've missed it. Alright, thank you for putting up with that. Now, on to the uh, business at hand. Food Wars. Episodes 1 and 2, because I thought Mike wouldn't be able to handle more than that. As it turns out, I may have uh, over-exaggerated in that <laughs> previous episode's promo. I mean, he does throw the word weeaboo bullshit around once or twice. Spoilers. But overall, it's an okay experience. sure what to say beyond, uh, please enjoy. And yeah, it's good to be back. Uh, so I guess, um, let's begin. Let's start with you, Joe. Uh, what did you think of the episodes that we watched being episodes one and two overall stuff was ridiculous oh my god is i kept cracking up the entire time because it was just they kept exaggerating everything it was just so absurd i mean i i really like cooking and food and all that kind of stuff so there were actually some recipes that they were doing that i was just like oh damn i actually want to make this for real because it seemed like it could have tasted good but the thing that weirded me out the most was like every time the people would eat the food, it is like almost some sort of or like orgasmic experience they were having, and it was, and then some for some reason there was a slight tentacle porn thing going on. I don't know. It was very weird. I, I a lot of things I didn't expect, but uh, the the whole plot and story is pretty cliche. It's the whole you know typical thing that. Well, I guess not really cliche. The first episode was just kind of that way, where you know the the evil 
business people coming in trying to take over the restaurant and stuff like that. But anyway, I'm going off going off there. But I liked it a lot. It was cool. Uh, it was neat dealing with cooking and all the crazy recipes they were making. So I enjoyed it. Yeah, the conflict of the first episode comes straight out of a sitcom. I guess a minor draw to Food Wars as a whole is that I'm not sure if it's everything. I'm not a chef, so I can't completely confirm it. But like the first couple recipes are not only possible, have been recreated, blogged about, talked about online. I'm personally, I want to try. What did he call it? That uh, just kidding pork roast. Yeah, that looked that was look really tasty. Um, is this that the bacon with the mashed potatoes thing? Yeah, yeah the just kidding pork yeah. roast. That shit sure. looked delicious. It really this shit did. made me like. Mm-hmm. This show made me salivate, man. It made me hungry. So good. Mm-hmm. So good. Making me hungry just talking about it right now, actually. Yeah. I mean, the food he made in the second episode. Oh um, man, like just I wanted to. I want to make that so bad. It looks so good. They make the food look so good. Like all of it. They do such a great job with that. Oh man. Uh, was it transforming Furukaki Gohan? <laughs> Yes, yeah. I mean I'm yeah, not a, I'm not a big too. I'm not a big egg person, but I would totally eat that. It looks so. I good. would eat the shit out of that. Yeah, I like eggs. I eat eggs every day. Yeah, if, if I eat too many eggs, I will vomit. I I think if I have more than two, it's too much for me. I can't do an omelet, so I'm really picky about the eggs. But that thing, I was I was starting to drool a little bit. It was looking mm-hmm. so good. Oh man. Before we get lost in the uh, labyrinth of food, Mike, what's your overall impression of this anime? Um, it was very interesting. I I think at the beginning, I was for probably about like uh, the first minute or so, I was like, "I wanted this weeaboo bullshit," but that kind of happens every time. And then I was <laughs> like, and then I was like, "Holy shit, this is insane!" And I, I see the hook now. It was funny. I'm glad it was funny. It was nice to switch it up with a comedy series. Although I guess everything's been pretty funny to this far. But yeah, I felt like people were sitting, like the concept, I feel like people were sitting around a room and were like, what would food porn actually look like? (laughs) And then they made it. Yeah. I I think that actually the, the, yeah, the moment I was like, this is some weeaboo shit was... When the tentacle rape happens, <laughs> yeah. But uh, I mean, it's, it's interesting. I <laughs> it's it's a sexy ass show. It's pretty uh, entertaining. I enjoyed it. Uh, one thing, um, line I really liked in the first episode is I, I like the 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 communication between the son and the father, and how they're always they're basically competing with each other to see who's yeah. the best cook and stuff. And that whole relationship, I found. To be yeah. like hilarious. That was yeah. I that like was a, his dad a lot. Yeah, that was definitely yeah. A badass. Yeah. See, I really like uh, both characters. I think I'll get into why that is later when I'm talking about the main character. But uh, his dad's a pretty funny guy. You know, it's even more hilarious. And like when they spell out for you that all the weird idiosyncrasies the main character has, he picked up from his father, especially when they're like arguing over uh, who made the most uh, hilariously terrible dish. So uh, another thing I really liked is even though the the son was kind of playing the, you know, typical clueless anime character, I'm crazy, do whatever. I really liked how the, the recipes he would create, he just, 
I know it's because he was always trying to outdo his father and stuff, but it just it seemed like, especially in the second episode, he is able to think of the most creative things with what's in front of him, which I found really interesting because the stuff he would make is just so good. I'm my mouth is I'm actually oh god. Oh yeah, well, we just have to accept that that's going to happen over the course of this uh, this episode because that shit was looking delicious. But uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's the uh, interesting thing about the main character is that he's sort of rooted in kind of a folksy down home Japanese style uh, cooking. Like mm. the kind of restaurant he has is a, a local joint. It's like a special of the day shop. And, I mean, like, the way they reacted to um, Furikake Gohan as uh, what he's going to give to this high society chick helped to spell out just how, I guess, mundane basis is for what he cooks. It's like, he uses a very simple recipe, but in, like, complex and interesting ways. One of the things I like is when he's talking about the just kidding uh, pork roast is that he said, I discovered how to make this based on a mistake potato salad and like some bacon or some some kind of steak no potato salad and a steak and i had the meat too close to the potato and it absorbed it and that's when i got the idea genius it's i guess i'll just jump to why i like the main character now and it's the thing that he values his mistakes and his failures nearly as much as his successes kind of uh he leaves himself open to possibility in regards to that. I originally got into this through the manga, and before the manga proper, there's a one-shot that was kind of like the pilot for it. And in that, they spell out Soma, the main character's uh, mindset towards cooking, a bit more directly. He's uh, talking with the, I guess, the rival character chick, the high-society brat, and he's telling her, uh, yeah, your cooking is literal perfection. It's the perfect recipe with the perfect ingredients done perfectly every time. You know what I think that is? Boring. (laughs) It's like you're never going to find something truly amazing. You know, painting by the numbers like that, no matter how you do it. Yeah, it's like that episode of Pete and Pete. You remember that? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think about that all the time. Well, yeah, but this specific (laughs) episode, do you know what I'm talking about, Joe? Uh, No, I don't remember that episode. What happened? Shall I go into it? Please. By all (laughs) means. You have the floor, sir. Ah, okay. So, Little Pete is obsessed with buying, I think, and it's been probably over 15 years since I've seen this episode, so this is... He, well, he's Little Pete's obsessed with... Uh, he only buys pairs of pants that were inspected by a specific man, and I think it's inspector number, like, 18 or some shit. And he ends up finding him and meeting him and befriending him, and then he... Uh, and it, his perfection and everything drives him crazy. And then he ends up challenging him to, a, like, a doing shit perfect challenge... And then he he does everything perfect. And then at the end, little Pete's like, you did it. You're perfect. You lose. <laughs> and I guess it was the same yeah, point. I'm pretty sure made. the final challenge was uh, eat barbecue without getting messy. Oh, uh, yeah. Lesson learned. You're supposed to get messy. You yeah, that's, that's, that's half the fun. Yeah. yeah, you can't be perfect all the time. That's the lesson. I miss Pete but, and Pete. 
but it's a it's valuable good. takeaway. That's how I try to live my life. You don't get good unless you make mistakes and lots of them. I, I, I struggle with that, but I, I like that mindset too. It's, it's a very sort of uh, open and creatively inducive mindset. Yeah. You know, I find it really cool and it really gets me behind the main character in regards to what he's doing. I guess, uh, what did you guys think about him overall? He seems like a solid dude. I'd hang out with him. Yeah. Yeah, he seems like a lot of fun. Like, he just... The crazy stuff that he'd probably want to do. It it seems like it would never be boring with him. (laughs) Yeah. The only downside you'd have to deal with is him, like, wanting you to try his, like, disastrously terrible sort of experiments. I don't give a shit. You know my motto in life and that is that no price is the best spice <laughs> that's a good motto I thought hunger was the best spice no no price oh that's a debate we can have at a later time <laughs> <laughs> so an- another thing I really enjoyed about the main character you know Lana kind of going back to what you were saying about how he's kind of the whole, the whole with the bacon the potatoes and how he kind of discovered that recipe I mean that's what cooking's all about it's all about kind of following a particular recipe and then maybe something goes wrong or you decide to experiment a little and then you get something this whole new this whole new thing that tastes really unique and different and it seems like he takes a really simple recipe and he makes it really complex with the flavors and stuff which showed in the second episode with the eggs and the the chicken broth and how he was gelling it and all that stuff which was amazing that that whole idea and the way it was presented this anime does a really good job of presenting the food, and I mean, even though it's like over the top, it makes it yeah. just. And there's so much steam. There's lots of steam everywhere. But oh yeah, just, that's just for that's just for dramatics and effects. Yeah, and it's, yeah. It's like the doves flying out with with his names movies. But <laughs> oh, it's John Woo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, that's something I I really enjoy, and it seems like I, I only watched the first two episodes, which I kind of wish I would have watched more now. But uh, I can really tell that in the future episodes, he's probably going to do even more crazy experiments and make all these insane dishes and things you wouldn't expect, which is really cool. I mean, it kind of after watching that, it gets me excited to want to go back in the kitchen and start making making just crazy stuff. I mean, sure ninety percent of it is going to taste awful, but that's the whole point of cooking. But that's that's what good shonen does in general. It's uh, somebody taking an interest they have and making it seem larger than life, so big in fact that you like you want to try and replicate it yourself. It's like just like uh, I don't know, you watch DBZ, or yeah, you watch Initial D, and you want to try drifting. You watch. I want to be a boxer. Yeah, you watch Epo and you want to try boxing, and like me, Joe, another friend of ours, Ed, all got caught up in that Epo, I don't know, trance rush, but like, it also happened again with me and Joe in this anime called Ashtano Joe. So good. Yeah, where it's like we watched that, and we're like, Joe's coming to me talking about throwing counter punches and shit, and I'm like up at three in the morning punching my mattress. Or or you watch Hikaru no Go and you want to start playing Go and you find out you're off at it. Same thing. Yeah, I got on I got on Yahoo because they had a Go program on there and got schooled. Or when you decide that you want to, when you grow up, you want to buy a van and uh, run around with your buddy in it, trying to uh, collect uh, bounties on missing pets. Ah <laughs> 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 uh, yes. 
pet bounty hunting. Yeah, yeah. That, is, that is a distinct possibility. I mean, we still got it to fall back on if we got to. Uh, I can't really think of anything else I want. Oh, and in regards to the food, my overall feeling on this is that, like, uh, the anime's good, but the manga is a bit better. And one of the reasons why is that, like, I want to say at the end of each volume, the uh, omake, or is it just like a section at the end where the author kind of addresses the audience and does some silly shit with the characters, does, like, joke comics and stuff like that. He actually uh, spells out the recipes for that's cool. Yeah. Another thing I like more about the manga than the anime, um, which will lead us to our next point, is that uh, the fan service isn't necessarily toned down in the manga. It's just because it's limited to panels. You know, there's only so much you can do in a still drawing versus the animation where you get jiggly bits writhing and people moaning. And <laughs> this, this, this is important because uh, Food Wars has a lot of freaking fan service in it. Yeah, that was one of the things I noticed Like in those moments. It's kind of, in a lot of animes like this, Gungrave was like this, where, it's, where you could tell where they put their budget, you know? Like, mm-hmm. this, the, those, are their, those are their money shots. Literally. There yeah. are plenty of money shots. Yeah. But yeah, a, a lot of it ends up looking stilted, except for you know when they're cooking food or reacting to it. God, they react. They, God, they really react. And then every every episode, every uh, I guess sort of cooking battle culminates in somebody begging for Soma's cooking dick. Mm. Yeah. Which is yeah. to say, they take a bite, they want more, and then he makes them beg for it, which is, <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of creepy. Yeah, <laughs> like not even talking about the characters end as much as like the the authors end. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. I almost, I feel like they could do a show just about his his dad because it's like he was talking to his dad on the phone. And it's like, well, his dad's on his own adventure out there too, doing crazy shit. Yeah, like yeah. I want to see what's going on and, there. And 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 his dad's cooking is so good it makes people forsake their religion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was fantastic. That's tight. That was good. Yeah. Uh, I, I did like the one thing, the son, like when the father was talking to his son, telling him that he had to go to the, the cooking school, and he made that, he said that, the son made said that one thing about, he didn't actually know much about his father after he found out that his father was basically just traveling all over the world, New York and, and mm. whatnot. And I mean, like Mike was saying, after he made that, after he said that one thing, it totally made me want to know more about his dad and just yeah. like, what? Did, how did he get as great a chef as he is? And you know how? how why is he traveling all over the place? And, you know, it's I really, I want to know his his backstory. Well, see, I suspect it's more just getting his son out of the uh, restaurant because this was another thing I liked about Soma as a main character is that he has this very simple kind of humble dream. You know, he's not, you know, he's not like a lot of the shonen protagonists who are out there like, I want to be the best cook in the world. I want to conquer this, this, yeah, this uh, prize or whatever. (laughs) You're throwing me off, Mike. But, you know, he he just, he he wants to inherit the family restaurant. And, you know, he does want to beat his dad. But uh, the the way he he's kind of fixated on his dad, I think his dad wouldn't need to be like the best chef in the world. He's just sort of 
he he's his goal, and he just happens to possibly be the greatest chef there is. But you know, like like I I, I suspected that uh, his his dad taking off on that adventure had more to do with getting Soma to sort of go out into the world hmm. and experience maybe not even just cooking, but life as a whole. Yeah. But he he knew he couldn't do that unless he closed the restaurant down. Or as his father said, discovering the secret, which just so happens to be finding a woman, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a weird secret. Yeah. What did he say about... He said something about his mom, too. Well, yeah, that's what he was talking about, like finding that woman that makes you want to cook everything in the world for her, or something like that. Mm. Something very sentimental. Yeah. And yeah, they, then they show a picture of uh, uh, the family together with you know the very strongly strong implication being that he's talking about Soma's mother, who I'm sure mm-hmm. passed away because that's what it. Yeah, <laughs> when he was young. Yeah, because you always know that when they show family pictures in an anime, and if a character's face is slightly covered with some sort of you know like shade or yeah, something like, like your reflection of light. Yeah. Out of even though it should be canceling out more than one face, it only blocks one. That's how you know. That's that also seems to be the rule with like profoundly skilled parents and the the prodigy child is they've lost one parent and have, uh, are trying to surpass the other. Yeah, like that's that's initial D. I think Airmaster had an aspect like that. Um, Baki Grappler Baki takes that in the very dark direction. Yes. But it's 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 a pretty common anime trope. It's good stuff, man. I like it's this like, anime. It's like us a lot. <laughs> oh yeah, there's another one, I suppose. <laughs> and mm. Yeah, so so he ends up going to the I did wish I'd written it down, the Totsky Tea something. Tea ceremony and cooking etiquette school or something like that. It's like carved into a fucking mountain. Yeah. It's just a massive compound. Yeah. I think in I think in the uh the one shot manga they said it's uh, stretched out across uh, several mountains. <laughs> That's crazy. And it's you know, it's this huge, uh, illustrious, uh crazy cooking academy for the elite of the elite and it has what would not allow it to, you know, survive in the real world. A graduation percentage of less than 10%. It can survive. <laughs> That's how the academy works. Really? Yeah, the graduation percent is, I think it's like 30%. Ooh, wow. But that, but that's the reason that they can survive is because most people drop out because of financial reasons. <laughs> because oh, they have to yeah, pay see, so much money to go there. Yeah. Well, no, in this case, it's because the curriculum is so stiff, which is why I hold to the fact that this place couldn't exist in real life. But Well, actually, exactly. I mean, besides the fact that it's stretching multiple mountains, uh, <laughs> culinary school, I mean, if you ever read into it and, you know, just read some of the, the articles or whatever from what students have written up about their experiences at a culinary school, especially a very high-level one, it is very 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 stressful so a lot of them drop out because it's just incredibly aggressive in those classes i mean they don't slow down they they think the classes go really really fast and they're expect a lot is expected of them so it's either that they just they can't stand the pressure and they crack 
or that, yeah, financially they can't handle it because culinary school is insanely expensive. So it's it's usually either one of those. It's just they just can't handle the pressure or they just can't afford it. So. Totsky oh, yeah. Academy. There we go. Uh, Actually, uh, uh, you remember Josh, right? Jumper Cables? Um, the name rings a bell. Robert's brother. Robert. Uh, yeah, I think so. But yeah, I think he was he was going to like culinary school, and I think I think Robert said that he dropped out, um, just because it was you know a lot of money, and really he was just he wanted you know had a job, he had a job, you know. Mm-hmm. A lot of people do that. They just and I respect those people a little bit more. You know, I know a lot of people like that that will just, you know, start off washing dishes or as like a line cook and work their way up to like serious shit positions. But um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, me and Mike also had a chef for a roommate, and uh, yeah. I was talking with him about uh, really, I was trying to figure out why chefs party so hard, and uh, he was kind of explaining that had a lot to do with it. It's just you know we got to relieve stress and culinary school is beyond stressful yep and kind of like like one of the, one of the uh, one of my favorite parts of uh, this show oddly enough is uh the closing sequence because it's a uh, kind of a preview of something that happens in episode four of this series where soma I, I guess goes to a dorm and meets up with all his crazy chef roommates and this this is the scene where the anime spells out something I take as fact, which is nobody can party harder than chefs. <laughs> I mean, also another thing too, from what we've been doing a lot of reading about, it's just you know culinary school and you know the whole process of becoming you know like a top quality in chef. It's basically a a thing you pretty much need to plan your life around. It's not, I mean, once you go to culinary school, it's pretty much, you know, you go there for a while and then you start kind of the washing dishes and then you try and get, become a sous chef, a sous chef. I think that's the sous. Yeah. 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 And then you become, you know, a normal chef. You usually have like a apprenticeship somewhere. Yeah. And that whole process takes like fucking like years, like five or maybe close to 10 years and you don't make a lot of money. So, Usually, when you do it, it's you're you're in it for the the long run. It's it's a calling, not an occupation. Pretty much, but um, but yeah. And um, if such a if if uh, such an academy existed in this world, then that calling would be a profoundly distressing thing because a teenage girl can effectively ruin your life with a bad review. Yeah, yeah, that was such as the case with. I think it's Erina. Erina, the the uh, sort of uppity blonde rival and primary source of fan service for this anime. Yeah, underage fan service. Yep. See, it's funny. Oops. I didn't realize how common that was when I first got into anime because um, I was I was a fucking little ass kid and then a teenager. So you know, I so far I've still spent more time with anime. At a point where you know, lusting after those characters isn't all that creepy. Whereas now, the fact that it's not only ha- it not only hasn't stopped, but has gotten worse as I'm an adult. Yeah. The, uh, the amount of fan service, not the lusting. <laughs> let, me, <laughs> let me be clear. Jump a cable, just like a hound. 
Jesus. They're 15, Lionel. 15. No. No. <laughs> even, even as a kid, my waifu was an adult. <laughs> Who is that? Misato from Evangelion. Who? Mm. from Evangelion. Never, never heard of her. You will. You will. Oh, she and, liked her. And, and when you do, you remember she's mine. She throws back so many beers. Whatever. But uh, okay, let's let, let's get let's get back to Erina briefly because I actually don't like her as a character. But but she does have a I guess one redeeming factor, which is her reaction when she was uh, trying all the potential students. Uh, mm. Some yeah. kind of soup. And the uh, sort of crazy delusion she got into, like sitting <laughs> under a waterfall and then having a jukebox hit her in the head. Well, the, the thing I thought was weird about that was not that part, but uh, what was it? There was an ape in there with her? <laughs> she, yeah. she's, she's in the hot spring, turns to the left, yeah. and there's an ape watching her. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like those. Those were funny. Those were good. Uh, they got those from the one shot. They were in the one shot as well. <laughs> yeah, that was a weird way to compare the, I guess, the taste she was getting from it. <laughs> oh, and I kind of, I kind of wish that the, uh, I guess, the reactions to the cooking were a bit more varied and you know out there and crazy. It seems like uh, you know a good reaction always defaults into like sex, orgasming, and getting naked. Yeah. <laughs> this. This anime is straight up food porn. It really, really is. That's what I said. Authors, I know. I agree. That's why I said it. The authors of this manga were hungry and horny, and they <laughs> wanted both at the same time. A dangerous combination. Yeah, see, I, I actually don't like to mix the two. Mm. Why not? Where's your sense of adventure? <laughs> Fuck that. I don't want dangly parts near my food. Dangly parts. Do we have to have a talk? Like Boobs Lionel. dangle, Mike. Okay. Other things dangle, too. Yeah, I know. And there's men and women getting naked in this show. Yeah. Uh, it's like like in every... Uh, not every shot. I mean, it. The, the, it's still, I want to say, either 60-40 or maybe 65-35 more women than men. But there's usually at least one guy naked and... If there's yeah. multiples, then there's usually at least one guy you probably don't want to see naked getting naked. Like the fat guy in episode one. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, it takes all kinds. It takes all kinds. <laughs> that one scene when they ate, you know, in the first episode when she ate the food and then the other, I guess her bodyguards ate the food. And then for some yeah. reason, the two of the bodyguards had like rippling pecs. I was like, "What? Where is this coming from?" I don't understand any of it. Well, yes, and that's that's the interesting thing about this manga. Um, I'm, it has to be more than just for comedic effect. Um, I want to say a trend that started at least a, I want to say at least a decade ago, but it's become so prevalent now that it's almost commonplace. Is that uh, elements from Either not just from uh, girls' comics, but just elements that appeal to women are being put into a boys' comics to get a bigger audience. So, whereas now you may have had like a pretty boy character that was ultimately still geared towards the male audience, now this character is geared 
geared specifically towards women or there's like weird teases of homosexual type shit going on for the yaoi fangirls and I kind of suspect that, like, the reason why you have, like, when these guys get naked, there's always at least one guy with, like, rippling uh, pecs and six-pack abs and, you know, the lights kind of blocking the private area is actually for the potential female audience that's going to be watching this, even though this is a, for now, this is a fan service series. It's something that happened before decades prior in the opposite direction with shoujo manga where they were taking girls' comics but, like, pulling uh, plot elements and uh, character motivations from shounen. And I kind of wish they'd do this a lot more across the board because it makes for a better material overall. Everybody wins. Everybody. <laughs> Delicious. It's so many levels. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do. See, I, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised that uh, Mike, you liked it as much as you did. Had I known that was going to happen, I would have uh, put more episodes on the list. I mean, I'm glad it was only two. It's, it's kind of like I don't know. It kind of felt this about the last thing we watched, uh, where it's like. I'm interested to see where it goes, um, sure, but, like, I cannot keep watching this straight in a row. It's like, I need to... Two is enough. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> At least for one sit-down, you know? Mm-hmm. For sure. Spread it it's out. It's just... It's too loco and too weird. <laughs> yeah. It is, it is definitely strange, and I don't know. Yeah. Like, if this is somebody's first anime, and this is what pulls them in, then I think they were destined to like anime yeah. from the start. But, I mean, what I like most about it was just that it was funny, and it did make me laugh. Um, I, the, my favorite part was when he's sitting outside the school with another classmate, and he's realizing that everyone is, like, super snooty and uptight and assholes and he finally starts talking to someone and I'm like oh this guy's gonna be an asshole and then he's nice to him and then he finds out that his family runs like a shitty little diner and just like drop kicks him (laughs) off the bench (laughs) kicks him off the bench yeah it got a really hard laugh from me well I I like then what what followed which he basically picked him up and put him in the chokehold yeah. That was funny. Not too many animes so far. I think when they take themselves too seriously, it, it's hard for me to take it serious. But when they just go balls to the wall for the humor, um, sometimes it it works for me. And I, I like it. Do you Have you seen or do you like FLCL? Curious. No, I haven't seen it yet. Okay. You will. I think we've talked about that before. Oh. That's where another one of my waifus is. Oh, I forgot. Mm. Yeah, because that thing. Waifus you got? Jumbo Cables is a polyamorous poonhound. Jesus. So, it's a much darker side of you, Lionel, I was not aware of. <laughs> it's not dark. Oh, yeah, you will, you will come to understand it well, Joe Face. Uh, mm, a little food on there. <laughs> but, um, it's, it's, uh,. Something you got on earlier is one of the things that just drives the series sort of like an undercurrent and has some um, 
I guess, uh, reach scope. I'm not sure what the word I'm looking for is in, uh, the, the world of cooking overall, which is this kind of, um, I don't know if it's a, you'd call it like a class for us versus them type thing. These sort of like high society, sophisticated world of, uh, five star cuisine, fine dining or whatever the hell. And, you know, just sort of a more down home view of things. Like it's frequently, it's a Soma with his, um, folksy charm going up against the elite or the perceived elite. Yeah. I, that was something I did notice and that I, I pick up a, a lot more um, and stuff that's that's relevant. And it's, it's interesting to see it because I, I see it, this sort of thing, uh, and I read about it all the time from an American perspective, specifically where I am in, in Oakland. But to see them talk about, I mean, the first episode is kind of talking about gentrification in a way. Mm-hmm. And and it seemed like the second episode is really handling class issues. Um, whereas I thought that was interesting that that was in there. I'm starting to see that in more and more things around here. But it's it was interesting to see it from a Japanese perspective, so over the top. Mm-hmm. And it keeps it keeps going. Um, I guess if anybody's interested in that, something to check out is a graphic novel called Get Jiro, which is. Uh, very much uh, anime-inspired uh, comic book about the same type of thing, but cranked up to 11 with <laughs> actual decapitations and <laughs> people getting hands severed over putting uh, too much soy sauce on sushi and other weird business. Anything else Anthony, you guys want? Was Anthony that the Anthony yeah. anything? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, anything you guys wanted to say about this anime before we uh, conclude? I the, another scene that I liked that I thought was really funny was when I, I guess when he finally went in when all the snobby people finally went up to what was the blonde girl's name? I I don't remember her name. Irina. Irina. Yeah, when you know they all went in there to kind of and she pulled out the egg and said you guys need to make some you know need to make a some sort of recipe or something like that with this with this egg with anything else and they all kind of freaked out and ran out i thought that was kind of pretty hilarious (laughs) i enjoyed that scene a lot well yeah Um, like like i said your uh life as a chef can be ruined by a 17 year old girl that's yeah uh, here comes the here comes the pun did you now disaster (laughs) (laughs) well all right uh but yeah, besides that, that one scene, just overall the anime, I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm a big fan of cooking, so that kind of helped a lot more, I guess. But you know, I, I'm actually excited to watch more of it and to actually try a lot of the recipes that I'm sure they'll end up making more of, really more creative stuff. So yeah, I, I really liked it a lot, and it's making me very hungry. I'm very hungry right now. I've not eaten all day, so I'm very hungry. <laughs> Uh, Pangelina, yourself? Man, the Japanese love food and mm-hmm. baseball and porn. <laughs> They're just like us, really. Yeah. Yeah, these are all universal yeah. things. Yeah. I feel like they're very American things as well. They also you like know. beer. Well, I think they're they're more into the making of the food as an art where it's we're we're all about just eating the worst of it as much as possible <laughs> very true 
It depends on who you talk to. Mm. I mean, there's there's like the whole foods people, the vegans, the vegetarians, the uh, well, you know, that's the, not American. The Aranas of the world. There are Aranas out here as well. Let's be real. Yes, food. <laughs> okay. Uh, um. Yeah. I kind of. I like this anime. I liked it a bit more than I actually thought. I was surprised by the amount of fan service in it, and had to realize I have like a weird kind of tolerance to it that uh, I guess causes me to not realize how over the top and blatant some of this shit is. I mean, it's nowhere near as bad as Zicky Tosin, but yeah, you can count on uh, naked bodies in just about every episode. But there's at least a little something for everybody. Now, when I watched this anime, it, it struck me as being very similar to another series I watched back in the day, albeit this series is a bit more family-friendly, but has a lot of similar elements. Um, actually, the, um, the secret Yukihara menu or something like that that Soma had, which were basically uh, secret items on the menu of his restaurant, which he numbers and brought out. He brought out one of them being the, uh, the egg dish. Uh, are very similar to the numbered bread recipes that show up in an anime called Yakitate Japan. Or Yakite Japan. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that wrong. But, um, granted, Yakite Japan is uh, focused in on bread, but the way the characters, the main characters, both uh, create food and display them as well as the uh, crazy reactions the people who eat them have are very similar. Uh, Yakte Japan's a bit different in that the reactions aren't... are varied and can be, you know, somebody suddenly wanting curry and having delusions of India to somebody actually dying and going to heaven for a few seconds. And both of these happen in the first couple of episodes, and they only get crazier. But... If you want to show like that, if you want to show a lot like Food Wars, sans the fan service, Yakte Japan's a really good one. Uh, another thing it made me think of is a manga, which is unfortunately pretty hard to find right now, called Iron Walk Jan. And Iron Walk Jan's focused on the Chinese cooking, but it's it like uh, Food Wars has an emphasis on the technical aspect. Like they actually talk, go in depth about the uh, recipes, the ingredients, and why one ends up tasting better than the other. Uh, different mindsets towards cooking, and um, Aaron is, is very similar to another blonde main character in Iron Walk Jan, who is supposed to be like the peppy, upbeat protagonist, but I find equally annoying. Both Jan, uh, who is the main character of Iron Walk, Jan and Soma are very confident characters, but whereas Soma is confident without being arrogant, Jan is a total asshole, which kind of makes him fun to read. And, well, I guess if you're in it for the fan service, there's always Ikitosin, which is a martial arts anime that's more about getting chicks naked than actually fighting. But uh, if you are actually, you know, if, if the fighting isn't just a pretense for you, you do like heavy fan service, but you actually want some substance to it, you can uh, check out another fighting manga called Tenjo Tenge, or a more toned-down anime by, anime slash manga by the same author called Air Gear. Um, I guess that's it for the recommendations. Anything you guys want to say to close this out? Um... 
one recommendation. Watch, watch Angry Chef. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's always Hell's Kitchen, a.k.a. Angry Chef. Uh, Not, wait, right? wait, I'm mixing it up, Mike. Is, is Hell's Kitchen Angry Chef or is uh, um, Kitchen Nightmares Angry Chef? Uh, or are they uh, both Angry Chef? <laughs> they're all Angry Chef. Okay, well, yeah, what? take your pick. <laughs> One of them's Angry Chef fixes your shit, though. Angry Chef fixes your shit, and Angry Chef yells at other chefs. Yeah, Angry Chef fixes your shit is really good, um, and the UK version is pretty good, too. You really mm. get to see his heart in that one. He's got a heart of gold. <laughs> uh, uh, Joe, what were you saying before? So for just kind of, I guess, final thoughts or recommendation or something, highly <laughs> recommend, I mean, if you're super into food, especially Japanese food, highly recommend a documentary called uh, Jiro Dreaming of Sushi. It's about an 85-year-old sushi master, and it's a fantastic documentary. It just it goes deep into detail into his family business and you know the, the art of making sushi and how devoted he is to it. It's a really, really good documentary. It's on Netflix. I believe it is still on there. Jiro Dreams of Sushi. Yeah. So I recommend definitely watching that. And uh, I also recommend going out and getting something to eat after listening to this podcast and or watching Food Wars or reading the manga because you will be hungry. And then jacking off, too. Uh, if you want to regress into that primal state, then by all means. I mean, it's all about immersion when you watch the show. If you really want to immerse yourself, you you eat when they're eating and then you whack off when they're... Uh, <laughs> when everybody gets naked? Yeah, well, when they're... And they're orgasming to the food? You do it with them. Well, if that's the case, then you'd have to eat pretty damn quick because they start getting off on the first bite. Well, I mean, that's why they're they're begging for that cooking dick. Well, you do the same. You just take a bite and then you freak out. (laughs) I don't know about you, Mike. Clothes have never exploded off of my body after I've had a steak. I've had some pretty good steaks. I twelve year old me could have whacked it to this show. I don't know, that that lady in the first episode was kinda hot. Yeah. Well they kept showing off those boobs of hers, like just over and over again. Yeah, they did. It was pretty gratuitous. It really was. Oh yeah. I mean after a while I was like, Okay guys, I get it. She has boobs. Yeah. Joe loves boobs. Well, yeah, that's that's the other thing is um, in the manga, I mean, yes, yeah, she is pretty buxom, but there's no way to establish jiggle physics and still images. So yeah, are you hungry? Uh, I haven't gotten around to making that just kidding pork roast yet, but uh, it's been pretty crazy. Anyway. Special thanks, as always, to Submorphine, the creator of our opening and closing theme, the Symphonic Highway. If you like the song and want to find more like it, check out the SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash sub morphine Special thanks also to the creator of our promo theme, Anime Rocker. If you want to see what the artist is up to, check out facebook.com slash squareon. That's S-Q-U. 
S-Q-U-A-R-I-O-N. Also check out Squareon's uh, project called Project Stick at Facebook.com slash Project Stick. Oh yeah, I got a Twitter. Jumper cables at Old Taku Connect because there weren't enough characters for connection. Damn you, Twitter. Anyhow, that's all I got for now. Have a good night, folks. There, there was so much <laughs> intestines. I was about to say, I forgot that exposed intestines was just like a normal thing for me watching anime. Really good sounding. I like that, yeah. Sound effects mm-hmm. are great. Welcome to the future. Glamour is the answer. <laughs> <laughs> Next time, it's more 80s hyperviolence in Blood Rain, Curse of the Undead Yomai.